My name is Don, and I've been a Catholic priest for over 50 years. During that time, I've pondered these readings over and over again and have discovered something that I never saw there before. It's given me new hope, new energy, new image of what I do and how I do it. I pray the message that I'm sending you will be equally valuable to you. If you find it so, please share these podcasts with your friends. Thank you. Today we celebrate the 17th week in Ordinary Time. The Opening Prayer O God, protector of those who hope in you, without whom nothing has firm foundation, nothing is holy, bestow in abundance your mercy upon us and grant that, with you as our ruler and guide, we may use the good things that pass in such a way as to hold fast even to those that ever endure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Old Testament from the book of Kings, third chapter, fifth verse in the seventh through the twelfth. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, Ask something of me and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, O Lord, my God, you have made me your servant king to succeed my father David, but I am a mere youth not knowing at all how to act. I serve you in the midst of a people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant therefore an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this vast people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request, so God said to him, Because you have asked for this, not for a long life for yourself, nor for riches, nor for the life of your enemies, but for understanding, so that you may know what is right, I do as you request. I give you a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up till now, and after you there will come no one to equal you. The Word of the Lord. Responsorial Psalm, Lord, I love your commands. A reading from the New Testament from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, 8th chapter, 28th to the 30th verse. Brothers and sisters, we know that all things work for good to those who love God, who are created according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. The Word of the Lord. Hallelujah verse. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven, for you have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. The Gospel for this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time is taken from St. Matthew, 13th chapter, 44th to the 46th verse. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. The Gospel of the Lord. River was performed and written by Melody Palmer. It's interesting that there's a a debate among believers of whether God created man as we are or whether we evolved over centuries. But it's interesting that a very few people in the world believe that this was by accident. So either way, it's it's God created human beings. That's the belief. That's what we believe in, trust in. But the most interesting thing about this idea of evolution is that there's no doubt in the minds of anyone who knows human nature that we have been in a process, whether it started 4,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago, or whether it started 
millions of years ago, we are a species that evolves into who we are called to be. It's interesting to watch human race in, in the history as it, it, it discovered things. There was somebody who was, came along as the first person who discovered fire, then someone else came along, maybe discovered the wheel, and somebody then, we know how you know somebody was given some insight and they figured out that the world wasn't really flat, it was round. And, and then you have modern people discovering electricity, radio, television, computers. I mean, that wasn't possible unless there was all the information prior to that moment that they were able to make the leap into something unknown. And so we see there's, there's an evolution in our nature. And what is it that we're doing? What is the evolution all about? Well, it's about moving from a lower level of consciousness, a being that is self-centered and selfish, to a being that is other-centered and willing to give their life in service for someone else. And so we look at the second reading from Romans, and it's beautiful when it describes this evolutionary process so long ago. And basically what Paul is saying is, we know that all things work together for the good. This is a God who in this, in this revelation that Jesus has given to the fullness of who God truly is and what he's about, that he wants to enter into our lives, be a part of us in a process of we becoming more and more who God has intended us to be. And who we're intended to be is more and more like the God who created us. It's a natural evolution. We grow into what we were created to be. And the insights we get along the way that are about all the things that happen are all there for the very purpose so that it can awaken us to this human adventure of being engaged in something I think is exciting as saying, I, I'm finding out who I am. I'm finding what I'm made for, what the gifts are that I have and how I can use them. And, you know, if you use any kind of criteria for greatness, you're really off base because it's not about being somehow better than, than you are. It's about being who you are. And it's not about being better than anyone else. It's just being who you are. And so we listen to Paul saying what he's discovered. He's saying what God has revealed to us about the kingdom of God is that he dwells within us. That's the most exciting thing that we have when Jesus came to announce the good news of the kingdom. And he's saying, you know, what we are is we're the, we're the beginning of, of we're the first born among many brothers and sisters. And, and the thing about us is that we have a destiny inside us. We're predestined, we're called, meaning there's a calling inside of you and me that I want to be who I really am. That's, it's, like a, it's like a shift from self-survival to another form of survival that I want to be exactly what God intends me to be. That's my goal. And so we have this destiny. And then God comes into us and he said, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to justify you. And how does he justify us? What does God bring into a relationship when he comes into us? Judgment? Criticism? Shape up? Stop doing that. Stop doing this. That's sometimes what we think God is doing. Sometimes that's what religion does. Clean yourself up so you can be 
presentable to God. No, the last thing he wants is for you to feel you have to change in order for him to enter into you. He comes to you in as you are. And so that coming into him brings with, with him the most surprising, wonderful dimension that God has that we didn't know he had it to the extent that he has it until Jesus came to tell us, but what he brings into a relationship is forgiveness. And forgiveness is full acceptance no matter who we are or what we've done. Unconditional love. That's what he brings. That's how we're justified. And if we're justified, the most interesting thing is, then then we have all that we have, God's presence in us, an affirming, loving presence. And what's going to happen is we will definitely develop and grow into who we were intended to be. And in the second century, there was a famous Greek bishop who made this statement that's rather famous. What is God's glory? What is the thing God wants more than anything else? What's the glory of God? Man fully alive. And alive doesn't mean existence. That's what the lower form of consciousness wants so badly to exist. The higher form of consciousness, I want to be who I'm called to be. And when I achieve that goal of being the person that God has asked me to be in order to be the instrument of his grace that dwells inside of me, when I'm engaged in that, no matter how simple it is or how complex, no matter how private it is or how public, it doesn't matter. All I know is I'm giving glory to God. To give glory to God is to be honest, live in reality, face your shadow. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I, I, I so often hear myself having said in the past, or I listen to people who keep talking about, you're supposed to make yourself better. And that uses your will and your mind. You say, okay, I'm going to stop these bad habits. If I get rid of the bad habits, then I will be better. And if I'm better, that's what God wants. Well, yes and no. He wants you to be better, but better is not something you work toward directly. It's always a side effect. Acceptance of who you are. A belief that God has the grace and the will and the desire to enter into you and to move you into fullness of who that is without any, and you accept it without any sense, oh no, I, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. People who, who, who choose something to do and then force themselves to do it will never be successful. I've tried it myself. And I can't be anything other than what God wants me to be. And so when I try to be better than that or do something different than what I'm naturally drawn to, all I feel is anxiety and worry and failure. So there's a beautiful, beautiful image of that in that story, in, I mean, in that passage from, 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 from Paul. But then we look at the gospel then and we'll say, okay, what is here? We have another parable about seeds and treasures and <laughs> goals and things like that. It's, it's, all these are descriptions of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is God living in you and me, enabling us to become who we are meant to be. All right, so what is this like? Well, it's a treasure. It's more valuable than anything. And it's hidden. 
hidden treasure, what would that be? From the time God created human beings, from the story of, of Adam and Eve to the time that Jesus entered the world until the moment he died on the cross, this was hidden. This treasure, this indwelling presence of God would have been considered a blasphemy. It was the God cannot dwell in something impure, imperfect. God was pure. The earth, human beings are impure. Purity and impurity cannot mix. That's, that was what the thinking was. But the treasure is discover it's not that at all. No, it's about something quite different. It's about being accepted as you are and having God enter into you and work patiently daily with you and use every sign and every event in your life to move you in the right direction. And so when you find that, it's more, it's, it, when you find it, you know it's valuable, so it's worth, you sell everything you have. You know, back then, if you found a treasure in, in, in buried and people didn't have banks or safety deposit boxes, and so it wasn't unusual to own a piece of land that someone else owned and find the treasure that they put all, all their valuables in. But you had to own it. So I love that idea, you have to go buy it. It's like you have to own this plan of God. And you're willing to, when you see it for what it is, you're willing to pay anything. What would it be? What's the, what's the charge? What is it you have to pay for? Well, it's, it's not as laborious as people think, but it's about surrendering to the process. And it's like a merchant serves of fine pearls. When they find a pearl of great price, they sell everything. Pearl is an image of something made in nature that's so beautiful. When you find this image of yourself, when you find this perfect self that has nothing to do with the standards of anybody else about perfection, but it's perfectly you, when you've discovered that perfection, that's worth everything, more than anything else. And I, I, I love that image because it's so, so beautifully comforting to me. Let's go back to the first reading because I, I, I love this story so much that fits into this, this thing I'm trying to get across today. And that is, we have, we have Solomon. And the, the thing that God says to Solomon, I think, is so fascinating. He says, you know what? What you've just done is the most awesome thing I've ever seen a human being do done. And it's, it's clear that he's the first one that does it. So let's just say... Solomon is an image of the evolution of human beings where they get to a point where they finally realize this is not all about them. It's not about their riches. It's not about their conquering their enemies. It's not about being the greatest leader in the world. No, what he's asking for is something that has been buried inside of all human beings, but Solomon was aware of it. And he said, my gosh, you've given me this job. It's so far beyond what I can do to serve these people. Well, you know, if we're really called to serve people, Solomon was aware that he had a job that was way over his head, but you know what? I mean, being in a relationship is over our heads sometimes. To be able to put up with someone, to be able to know what to say, to be able to be the person you need to be in the moment, that's really something that's beyond our normal pay scale. We don't have that kind of wisdom. And so what all Solomon does that gives him the praise that is beyond anything else that I've ever seen God praise anyone, any human being, by saying, you are 
you know, the, the most amazing, most wonderful, most successful person in, in, in the world because, I mean, you've, you've, you've asked for the right thing. And what does he ask for? So simple. All he asks for is, God, would you give me the ability to do the work that my destiny is calling me to do? Now, this is so different than the way a normal person would have been thinking that was drew up in the temple and in the Old Testament. They would not have, they would have prayed for God, uh, yes, but mostly they would have prayed for the things that he didn't pray for. Riches, power. People would have thought that's what a king is and that's what they should do. And yet he comes up with this insight, no, no, the reason I have any kind of authority over anybody else it's because I potentially have something that I can do for them that will take care of them. And there's two things that he asks for. The truth, reality. I want to know what's real and what's true. And I want to understand human nature. I want to understand divine nature. Give me an understanding heart. A willingness to, to listen what it is that people need and then I can do this service and that prayer was answered for him but the most exciting thing is that that was the beginning of an awareness of who we really are and now we're so further ahead and ready to receive this power we've evolved all of us and the closer we get to this, the more there is joy and peace in our lives as we go about taking care of those around us without feeling the burden because we can't do it on our own. But with Him, we can do anything. i
blessings poured out to me Still they come Even when I've fallen down And can't get up When I disappoint And I never, ever, ever, ever seem Blessings was again written and performed by Melody Palmer. Closing prayer. Father, your generosity, the abundance of your grace, your desire, your longing is where we need to place our trust whenever it comes to the things you've called us to do. It's you who are the essential ingredient that enables us to do this work, yet we're so resistant sometimes to receiving a gift as rich and as generously offered as this. So bless us with a kind of humility, a simplicity that trusts in you more than we ever do in our own ability to accomplish our goals. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Many of you responded generously to my call for some support at this time since I'm not able to be out there doing workshops and raising funds doing that work. So thank you so much. It's been a great help. And if you haven't yet chosen to help us, we'd appreciate that so much. And God bless you. And thank you for supporting this ministry. I'd like to remind you that the program you just listened to is available on our website, pastorreflectionsinstitute.com, as well as on our podcast, Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Finding God in Ourselves. It's free to listen to anywhere, anytime. This ministry also needs your support, so make a one-time or recurring tax-deductible donation on our website. Thank you so much for your listenership and your continued support, for without it, this program would not be possible. Thank you.